welcome to this week's episode of Spooky Scary Fun Time. I hope you liked last week's episode. This week, as promised, is Aokigahara Forest. Please, it's Japanese. I took like three classes in it. I am going to butcher these names, so please forgive me. Um, but it will have a little bit of a different feel to it than my other podcasts so far. In that simply because I feel this place deserves a certain respect, if that makes sense. I'm not saying that the other places don't deserve respect. They definitely do, and I feel I have given them that. Um, but this place was and is still a very active suicide spot in the world. So I just want to be a little bit more respectful of this location, just like I would with the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco, should I decide to talk about that place. Uh, or any other suicide spot. With that little word vomit out of the way, I hope you enjoyed today's show. I am absolutely enthralled by this location and hope that you enjoy learning about it as much as I have. So for the summary of this location, I'll go easy on you. As I said before, it is a suicide location, so before we go any further, I know that this is kind of like you don't want to hear it but anyway please don't get any ideas this is not to give you any suicidal ideas or thoughts i have suffered from extreme depression and extreme anxiety so i know what it's like to think you don't have any options but there are please search out resources or look in the description where i will put the links to some suicide prevention sites because even if it doesn't feel like your life is worth living it is um, I'm sorry, but I just had to say that to make me feel better because I'm a terrible person. Um, yeah, uh, but I just want to be careful. Um, and now back to the location. It is the most common spot for suicide in Japan and is second only to the Golden Gate Bridge. It is also said to be disoriented, disoriented, disorientating. Uh, in the forest with compasses not working and an eerie feeling is said to be emerging from it. So the forest is located on the northwestern border of Fuji Mountain, which of course is not a mountain at all. It is a still active volcano. If you're wondering why I'm mentioning that now, it's because it's important to the geography of this particular forest. Um, the forest is about 30 square kilometers, or I think it's about 12 square miles. Don't quote me at that. I'm terrible at conversion, and I'm Canadian, so we do kilometers. Um, yeah. The forest soil is hardened lava, which, see, it was important. From the volcano's last major eruption in 1864 CE, the lava absorbs sound. Again, well, it's important. As to the trees, which give a sense of solitude. Other names for this forest, other than its actual, Aokigahara, include Suicide Forest and the Sea of Trees, for the way it looks when pla planes fly above it, like water. The trees are a Japanese species of evergreen and fern. The ferns growing to be 1,000 to 1,800 meters, and the evergreens growing taller at 1,800 meters to 2,200 meters. Uh, there are many other fauna and flora species, but those are the only two that I'm getting into because they're the ones that the forest is kind of known for. And um, they are uh, 
Atsuga Diversifolia, which I believe is the fern, and Abby's Vici, which is, I think, the evergreen? I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> Apologies for butchering the names. Um, I was just thinking that it would be impossible to find those because you probably have no idea what I just said because I butchered them. Um, anyway, the last two things about kind of the geography, more or less, I guess, having you or giving you a picture of the place is it's rumored to have your ghosts, which are ghosts of the dead, for reasons I'm sure are a little obvious. And then last but not least, there are signs. Signs that have been posted asking people who are there thinking of killing themselves to reconsider and ask for help. Other signs mention family, aka children, spouses, and parents as well. Life is a precious gift from your parents is another one. As the rate of suicide in this forest is so high, every year since 1970, annual body searches have happened. The searchers use plastic guides to show them the way into the dense forest. It should be noted that first world countries have some of the highest rates of suicide in the world. Japan uh, being number 26 on the list and South Korea 10 on it. They are both above the US. Anyways, the forest has an eerie feel. Dense, it's dense with rough terrain and a quiet that seems to unnerve those who have ventured into it. As for why this started, why this forest? Many blame a novel. It first came out in the 60s by Seichi Matsumoto, and it was called Kuroi Jukai, which ends with the beautiful pr protagonist committing suicide in the forest. Another book has also been found on many of the people whose bodies have been found. The Complete Suicide Manual, which lists Aokigahara as the perfect place to die, but please don't. This is not an advertisement for this. Please don't take it as one. Those two books are considered the reason for the boom, but this forest was never peaceful. During the famine, Yubaste, which is basically abandoning someone in a deserted place, usually the elderly, since its rough translation is abandoned old woman, um, the goal was that the family member would die of dehydration, exposure, or starvation, while the family who had committed Yubaste had less mouths to feed. I need to point out here that some refute this practice saying that it's merely folklore, but folklore tends to come from a grain of truth. It's like what happened during the Ukrainian famine, where people would just disappear and no one would ask questions. As I mentioned before, services to find bodies have been held every year since the 1970s, as you can assume why now since you know that there was a book in the 60s that was a major hit glorifying suicide in this particular forest. And since the early 2000s, 70 to 100 bodies have been found each subsequent year. People are free to hike in this forest though. Camping is even allowed. Though camping suggests hesitation in the process of taking your own life. When this happens, those on patrol will try to, try to gently talk them out of their decision. 
the cause which has been said to be stress and societal pressures. Other dangers for those who go in not wanting to die, can st you can still get lost and be unable to call for help. For some, uh, some people think that this is demons in the forest preventing you from getting help and even pushing people to take their own life. Or if you go off path, you have the entirely real possibility of seeing something you really don't want to. Personal effects or even bones. Many people think that this forest is haunted by Yure, those who were sacrificed during the last day, and the mourning souls of those who have taken their own lives. I feel like that sentence didn't make sense, but we're going with it. Japanese spiritualists believe that suicides have bled into the trees and earth, causing paranormal activity, and that's what makes it hard for other people to leave the forest. Two things real quick. I have some sources saying that the, this forest is a bigger suicide spot than Golden Gate Bridge and some saying that the Golden Gate Bridge is number one on the same thing. Um, and also with the compass problems. Some people are saying that the volcanic rock messes with magnetism a compass relies on, while others claim it would only do so if directly touching the stone. So I'm not sure which is true i'm gonna go uh for the compass saying that it works unless you're directly touching because that came from um meteorologists not meteorologists geologists because i know a scientist <laughs> this <laughs> sorry this has a negative impact on the people of the town near the forest and all of the workers who trek into the forest the forest workers playing rock, paper, scissors, or Jan Campan to see who has to sleep with the body, as it is bad luck for the body to be left alone for the yure or spirit, who are said to scream or move the body if not with someone else. So, I do have one story for you, but before that, I'm just going to explain a little bit about Japan and its view on suicide. This is a direct quote from Wikipedia, and I'm explaining this because it's a lot different than our view, like Western culture's view. So this is the Wikipedia quote verbatim. In Japanese culture, there is a long history of considering certain types of suicides honorable, especially during military service. For example, seppaku was the use of a short sword for self-disembowelment practiced mainly by samurai, in parentheses, warriors, to avoid dishonor, such as a defeat after a defeat in battle or as an act of protest against the government. Kamikaze was the method of flying a plane into the enemy used during World War II. Banzai charges were, were human wave attacks used during the Pacific War. So it was more honorable and considered like taking responsibility um, I had hope that sheds a little bit more light on things and maybe why people would choose suicide um, in that particular culture. Um, now to the story, which is actually a news article that I have picked apart. So June 26, 2011 is when this article was published. And here we go. I'm walking through Ayokigahara, Jukai Forest, the light rapidly fading on a midwinter afternoon. 
when I am stopped dead in my tracks by a blood-curdling scream. The natural reaction would be to run, but the forest floor is a maze of roots and slippery rocks, and truth be told, I'm lost in this vast woodland, whose name, in part, translates to, as Sea of Trees. Inexplicably, I find myself moving towards the sound, searching for signs of life. Instead, I find death. The source of that scream remains a mystery as, across the clearing, I see what looks like a pile of clothes. But as I approach, it becomes apparent it's more than just clothes I've spotted. In a small hollow just below a tree, curled up like a baby on a thick bed of dead leaves, is lies a man. His thinning gray hair matted across a balding cranium, his pasty upper torso is shirtless while his legs are covered only by black long johns, with blue striped boxers sticking out above the waistband, and a pair of lily socks. Under his bent legs, a pair of slacks, legs, a pair of slacks. A white shirt and a jacket have been spread out as a cushion at his final resting place. Scattered around him are innumerable documents, a briefcase, and other remnants of a former life. Ne nearer to him are items more closely related to his demise. Empty packets of prescription pills, beer cans, and bottles of liquor. Seemingly this man, who looked to be in his mid-fifties, had drawn his lap last breath before I heard that unsourced, chilling cry. That I came across the body in the forest was a shock, but not a surprise. For half a century, thousands of life-weary Japanese have made one-way trips to this sprawling 30-square-kilometer tract of woodland in Yamanashi Prefecture, on the northwest flank of 3,776-meter Mount Fuji, the nation's highest peak. It's a dark place of stark beauty, long associated with de demons in Japanese mythology, and one that has earnest, earned itself the unfortunate appellation of Suicide Forest. Evidence of such pilgrimages is strewn among the dense undergrowth. Four pairs of moth-covered shoes are lined up on gnarled roots of the tree, two adult-sized pairs, and two children's pairs. Further on, there's an envelope of photos, one showing a young man, another two small children dressed in colorful kimonos and elementary school uniform. Together with the photos, there's a typed note, Tohide, most likely the name of the man, including the final stanza of Song in the Open Road, Walt Whitman's poem from 1900s, that usually, uh, 19, yeah, 19... Hello? I don't know how to say that. That ends with the line, Shall we stick by each other as long as we live? No one can know exactly how that line was answered. There is no sign of life, no sign of human remains. Local police suggest wild animals often get to a corpse before they do. So clouding the issue of exactly how many achieve their goal and end it all here. Nonetheless, Bodies are frequently discovered in monthly sweeps coordinated by the police, local violence, and local volunteer firemen. As they move around the forest, the searchers leave color-coded plastic tape strung between trees to mark where they have searched and where they have found items or bodies, or sometimes simply to mark their way back out of the sylvan maze. Altogether, police records show that 247 people made suicide attempts in the forest in 2010. 54 of them were successful. That officer, local officials and residents believe the number could be significantly higher.
The present-day acceptance of suicide from this, Cho said, vestiges of the seppuku culture that has can be seen today in a way of suicide as a way of taking responsibility, he observed. Japan is also subject to suicide fads, and Seichi Matsumoto's 1961, oh, it was 1961, sorry. I My notes said 1960. Um, sorry. Uh, Naminoto, which translates to Tower of Waves, started a trend for the love-vexed couples and the jobless people to commit suicide in Aokigahara Jokai. And that was from uh, the Japan Times, um, translated to English. So I it, the link will be in the description, as always, in case you want to read the full article. For some supernatural stuff about this forest, or more supernatural stuff, Japan, if you've ever been there, is a very superstitious culture often getting Shinto priests or Buddhist priests to bless homes, cars, basically anything. So on the other side of that, they also believe in curses. This forest is known for people who are about to commit suicide create curses before leaving the world in the shape of dolls with nails driven in. It's a common curse in Japan. Hikers have been known to use tape to try not to get lost in the forest, but apparently there have been cases where their tape has been cut, making them do the very thing they feared doing, losing their way. As I mentioned earlier, blood-chilling screams are heard throughout the forest, which is thought to be the yurei. The screaming is the most common occurrence that I've read about regarding this forest. So, yeah. Another thing is actual apparitions being seen. It's said to be figures, so I'm not sure if it's a full apparition or people are simply seeing shadows. Um, and uh, yeah, I, so I like that wasn't something I could find a lot of information about, um, just in passing, basically. Another thing um, is that bef oh, before, in this thing, spoken thing, podcast, is that what it is? Um, is the negative energy. It, and it's considered to be a force that convinces people to stay in the forest. And even if you don't necessarily want to harm yourself, it will convince you to uh, cause harm to yourself. The Buddhists consider this something evil and in trying to combat this, they have placed shrines throughout the forest hoping to banish the evil spirits. And due to a little more digging, the evil spirits that I've been talking about are apparently the yurei, as they want to lure others to join them and are considered hateful beings, or spirits, since they're not alive. One last thing before we reach our conclusion, and that is all of the signs that are in the forest in English are, your life is a precious gift from your parents. Please think about your parents, siblings, and children. Don't keep it to yourself. Talk about your troubles, and please contact the Suicide Prevention Association. 
In the actual forest, the signs are posted in both English and Japanese. So that is it for this week. I know it was a little different and also a little bit shorter than I would have liked. Um, I just hope that I did it somewhat respectfully because it is something serious and this place just intrigues me so much. Like that pop alt culture could really influence people so much. I know I'm not a psychologist, but I'm assuming no one really cares what I'm saying. And what I'm saying is, yes, I think that pop culture really has like a huge amount of power on how we do things, how things happen, which isn't a new idea because you can look up phenomenons and see that that actually does happen. Regardless, I feel like I dropped the ball on this week on Supernatural a little bit since it was more about the forest and it wasn't really haunted. Like, and there wasn't really evidence or stories about that. Um, so, like, yeah, I know there was some, but not a lot. Anyway, I will do another episode this week. It will be, um, maybe five to eight minutes. But, um, yeah, but I will post another episode this week just to kind of make up for it. I'll focus either on tools for ghost hunting or maybe ghost classifications, not sure. I could always go into folklore, but uh, I'm not sure what I'll do yet. I could always use suggestions, but <laughs> I really enjoyed this episode. I hope you did too, and as my apology, you'll get another one on Wednesday or Thursday, either of those days. I might even post it on Tuesday since I'm doing my recording all in one day. So we'll just see how it goes. Okay, um, thank you so much for listening. As always, if you want to get a hold of me, it's at MindlessDWH. And I hope that you have a wonderful few days until I release my next pad, pad, podcast. Podcast. Stay spooky.